Running the option on first down. Hagan has it. He has Rome. He's got one man to beat. Now he pitches to Flanagan, and he may take it all the way. Flanagan's in for the touchdown. McKinley Wright from the logo. Got it. Oh, McKinley Wright. Welcome into the DNVR Buffs podcast presented by Manscaped. I'm Henry Chisholm, and we have some, well, I mean, it's not really news to talk about. Well, actually, you know what? It's better than news because news has turned into a bad thing over the course of these last few months, and this actually isn't news, but it is going to be a lot of fun to talk about, and uh, there's some other things that I have to say as well. So, uh, should be a fun show today. At least that is the hope. Um, as as always, I'm not saying like this is the the one that is going to be fun. But uh, yeah, uh, Manscaped is an incredible company. They take care of men in a way that men are rarely able to take care of themselves. You know, it, they think about the things that men just either don't realize or don't want to put the time and effort into or whatever it is. Manscaped just solves everything that is happening for you below the belt. Well, not quite everything. There are some things that it can't fix, but there are probably other ways that you can get those fixed, and Manscaped does a pretty good job with like 90% of the problems that I said. I I don't even know what I'm referencing when I'm saying that, but uh, yeah, Manscaped. So the Lawnmower 3.0, incredible trimmer. It has a little light on it. That's always fun. Uh, You can use it in the shower because it is waterproof. Also, always fun, and uh, it's super powerful. 7,000 RPM, RPM, RPMs, I think we've had this conversation before, Uh, but it's also nick-free, and you don't have to worry about that super-powered blade that you're putting in places where you rarely put anything, Um, especially especially something like a 7,000 RPM trimmer, because it, it is designed so well and meant for exactly that, and so you won't have any issues um, like Nick's or whatever it could be. Uh, there's also the Crop Preserver. There's the Perfect Package 3.0 where you get that. You get the t-shirt. You get like the pair of breathable boxer briefs. It's all good stuff. And hopefully you guys jump in and uh, use the code DMVR20 when you check out to save 20% and get free shipping at manscaped.com. Uh, before we get into, uh, the f- important stuff, well, okay, I'm not gonna lie, it's not all that important, but the Buffs did release their, uh, top speeds for, I believe, what, is this week seven, week eight of, uh, the, the summer training stuff, and there's some interesting notes that can be taken, uh, from those top speeds, and... We're going to read too much into them again because I feel like it's become a weekly tradition to read too much into the top speeds of the buffs. But first, there's this weird thing that's going on, and I oftentimes struggle to explain to people what my job is 
you know, like I went back to Montana last week, I believe it was. Everything kind of runs together. And there are a couple times when you like run into somebody and they're like, so what are you doing now? And I have to try to explain like, well, I'm a reporter, but I have like this pocket. This is a weird thing. We have a bar and nobody ever gets it. And that's why when I have the story that I'm about to tell, um, I have to tell you guys because you guys at least understand what, what DMVR is all about. Whereas even the people who mostly understand, even like my friends who are like, yeah, he covers the buffs, you know, that kind of stuff. They might not, I, I can't explain what I'm about to explain right now to them in a text in a way that would make any sense at all. In fact, I'm hardly understanding any of it. Um, but the Nuggets guys... Harrison and Adam and Vote and D-Line. So they have this DNBA show, which I'm sure most of you have seen. It's on our YouTube channel. It's on Periscope, all that stuff. Uh, every weekday at 8, except for Fridays, it's at noon. And then they do like their post-game stuff and all that. And so there's actually going to be some changes to that schedule now that basketball's back. Um, and they have to accommodate that. But it's a really cool show. And it's all like live and very well produced. And it's one of the things that we've spent a lot of time on. Not me personally, but the company as a whole has invested resources to see if we can make it right. And they've been able to do that. And it's a really cool thing. One of the segments they do is uh, the Serbian corner. So the Serbian corner is when they bring in a Serbian basically to talk a lot about like Nikola Jokic or whatever else. It's a lot of fun. And I, I, I'm pretty sure every time it's Miroslav uh, Chuck. I, I'm not sure how to say it. Uh, his last name C-U-K. I should learn that. But it's one of those things. Like you see him in the DMVR lounge and you're like, oh, yeah. But I've never had to say his name out loud until right now. So they have this segment where it's him coming in and talking about all of whatever they joke around about on that show and it's a lot of fun and he's it's like a recurring bit Miroslav's a cool guy and it's a lot of fun well let's see it's it's getting close to 10 a.m on saturday morning and it was probably like 30 minutes ago that adam texted or, or not text but like we have the slack where all the company is and just in like the hangout channel he uh sent a link to a video and in that video uh Miroslav who is known in the Nuggets community as the homie Miroslav, was on the Serbian news to talk about the Nuggets because he's been on the DNBA show. So there's like the whole YouTube clip where he's like talking about it. But then like even in the screenshots, the mod is sent. It's all them like sitting in what looks to be a very nice studio. And they have like the big screen behind and the big screen behind. It's like uh, all of the Nuggets guys and the homie Miroslav um like a just a screen grab from the actual show uh also uh there's another one where it's just his face on like the graphic that they put up when they bring him on and it just says serbian corner with the homie miroslav and it is just the coolest thing and he is just the coolest guy and uh i, I don't know all all of it all of it is so cool because uh they have somehow just joined the Serbian population because of Nikola Jokic, who's of course from Serbia. And I don't know. It's just a, <laughs> such a cool thing. And it's something like, how do I explain that to one of my friends? Like explaining what the DNBA show is, is like hard enough. It's like a live podcast, except 
with video and then it's like super well produced but it's not like tv because tv is boring and they bring in this guy from serbia like it that's just not textable and i can't like take a screenshot without having to explain even more about what's going on so yeah that's like a cool thing that's uh happening and we like to talk about cool things on this podcast you know what another cool thing is the top speeds for this week um okay so this might be a bad take and we're going to start there. Um, in fact, you know what? I will say, I'm not even sure I stand by this. But you can kind of read all sorts of what you want to read into with these top speeds. And I think that that might be something that we're about to do. So let's just start here from the top. So this is summer week seven, uh, tweeted out by Justin Brennan this week who i don't believe has tweeted out any of these in the past i think they might be like rotating who gets to do it uh, i think last week's was drew wilson so i don't know another thing to keep an eye on but uh i should say for those of you who don't know justin bannon is one of the cu strength and conditioning coaches um who yes we do follow each other on twitter sometimes uh, is, there are some weird things where it's like oh i think i've been following you for forever and it turns out i'm not um I'm following him. Not that anybody cares. Uh, so again, starting at the top, and then we'll kind of dig into what my conspiracy theory is afterward. The skill guys. Again, for those of you who have been listening to this podcast, those are the guys who play on the outsides of the defense, like or, or offense. Just like if you draw a big circle around the whole group of people, all the people closest to that circle um, are the people who count there. So like your corners and receivers on the outside, your uh, like safeties on the back end. You're running back on like the opposite side. Can't call it the front end because that's not what it is, but that would be kind of the equivalent to back end with safety, whatever. Skill guys. Number one, Daniel Arias at 22.9 miles per hour. That guy is flying. We talked a lot about that last week. I was not planning on talking about it today, but then when you say out loud 22.9 miles per hour for a guy who's 6'4", 225, how do you not just start drooling and oozing about everything that is on that number one line right there? We don't have time. Number two, Dimitri Stanley, 22 miles per hour. And then at number three, a three-way tie, Maurice Bell, Jalen Jackson, Brendan Rice, all at 21.6 miles per hour. So, first of all, I should say congrats on being fast, guys, because I don't want to, like, take that away from them. At the same time, though, it does feel like the books are being cooked a little bit. Can we kind of agree there? The odds that Maurice Bell, Jalen Jackson, and Brendan Rice all ran at the t exact same top speed, down to the tenth of the mile per hour, seems a little bit out there. You know, and, and this, I, I haven't met Justin Brown who tweet this out. And I'm, I mean, I'm doubting he even makes the graphic because he didn't tweet the last one out and it's done in the same format. I don't know. But whoever's putting together these times may have some incentive to keep this competition going, which is what I think is likely happening here. Maurice Bell, Jalen Jackson, Brendan Rice, all three guys who are kind of on that same tier for the buffs. If that makes sense. You know, you, you have your Katie Nixon. You know what you have there. You know you want him on the field. 
Daniel Arias. Maybe you don't know what you have there, but again, 22.9 miles per hour. He's uh, super big, a whole bunch of things that you like on top of that. He's kind of in a tier in his own, especially with that experience where you're like, okay, yeah, he's going to be on the field. Dimitri Stanley last year was on the field a lot. He is going to be on the field. But then after that is when it gets kind of wide open. And, you, you know, the guys from behind Dimitri Stanley all the way down, like, you never know. They could play their way all the way up, beat out Daniel Arias, be the number one. There's still time for that. It would be a little bit of a surprise at this point, though. And again, those guys, Maurice Bell, Jalen Jackson, Brendan Rice, all three tied for that speed. All three probably, may, maybe your top three out of those remaining receivers. You have... Uh, Vontae Chenault would be in that conversation. You know, the, the he he did get charged with the DUI. Who knows what that's playing into here, whether, like, if this is a challenge or the, is it a punishment to leave him off. Who knows? And I don't really want to dig too deep down that road, but when we're getting into conspiracy theories, there are only so many things that you can ignore. You kind of need every fact you can to back yourself up. Um, From then... I, I don't even know who you include, but I don't want to miss anybody. That's why I'm talking slowly. So, yeah, we'll leave it there. But doesn't that kind of feel like, first of all, with those three all tied, down down to the tenth of a mile per hour, down to the tenth, maybe, maybe there is something there. Or maybe they're all the exact same speed, which would be phenomenal i feel like maybe even that's when you stop using this on a football field and start going into i guess this wouldn't really work with synchronized swimming because they who i this has nothing to do with swimming at all synchronized diving same deal i don't know what they could synchronize by having synchronized top speeds maybe nothing maybe football is the right place to use that 21.6 miles per hour but i don't know the numbers cooked a little bit just to make this a tie, create the drama, create the competition between them. Or if we want to take this a step further, what if, you know, we, again, I don't think KD needs to be showing up on this list. I think that we all know what KD is. I think that Eric Christensen from uh, CBS4, um, great guy. He said yesterday on Twitter, I believe, that he was going back and watching some old Buffs games and that he thought KD should be used more underneath. You know, you can hit him on some deep balls and you got to throw it deep. Occasionally he is good at that, but what you really need to do is get him the ball five yards from the line of scrimmage and let him work. You know, let him make some plays. Give him some opportunities to do that because the truth is, you know, Visco was taking most of those opportunities last year. Um, and, you know, especially for a team that was built like Colorado, um, top heavy in the sense that they had LaVisca Chenault. Um, you, you have to get him the ball. If, if you want to throw a five-yard route, your first look should be LaVisca Chenault. The play should be designed for him. Now that's probably designed for KD because he can do something with the ball after. So he he has his role in the offense. I am not too worried about where he is. But past him, you know, Daniel Arias was the first one listed. Dimitri Stanley, the next one listed. And then Maurice Belt, Jalen Jackson, Brendan Rice. That very well could just be a look at the depth chart. I think that that really could be. So, again, that was a conspiracy theory for sure. 
that they're actually just releasing an updated depth chart, which actually does sound kind of crazy when I say it, but it's the off season for at least a few more days, and then we'll figure out what's going on afterward. Um, before we move on to the other positions and apply the exact same logic that I just applied there to the other spots in this graphic, I want to remind you all about how much I love Breckenridge Brewery. Last night, I was at the DMVR bar uh, to drink some beers and watch some baseball. And I was drinking the, uh, let's see, what was that? That was the Mountain Beach again. I, I Again, and I just realized we talked about this yesterday. I'm going through a Mountain Beach phase. And I'm not sure if it's just because like it tastes so good at the DMVR bar, which I think might actually be a thing. And I'm not ready to like totally dig into that theory yet. But something about maybe it's even just being on tap instead of out of a can. That is just a very good beer and uh, one that has been on my mind a lot recently. But today, you know, it's like I said, it's now like five minutes after 10. We are talking to Nate Landman and Katie Nixon at three today, uh, which means that I'm going to write something after that. And uh, once this podcast is kind of done, and plus, I mean, I'll have the podcast up with the sound and I'll probably, I might post that tomorrow morning. I might post that tonight, depending on how things go. But there will be a hold in my day, you know, where I'm like working right now in the morning, I'm going to be working in the afternoon into the evening. But luckily, the Rockies play at 1.30. And so I might just scooter on over to that DMVR bar and drink a beer, watch the first few innings of that baseball game, scooter back, catch uh, the the media call, and then do the rest of my work. Sounds like a pretty good day because I'm going to get myself an afternoon mountain beach. And again, uh, so the DMVR bar opens at four every day, but it is also always open if Colorado sports are playing, like CU, CSU, or any of the pro teams. And so today, obviously, the Rockies uh, play at 1.30, so the bar's opening at 1.00. It's a pretty good deal, just so you guys all know that. Um, the point here, I am really excited to drink a Mountain Beach in the afternoon. We're going to test it out because I haven't had many afternoon beers recently. So see if it translates to this time of day, and I'll report back tomorrow. Breckenridge Brewery really is incredible, though, and uh, you guys should check it out. Check out whatever beer it is you want to try using the beer locator at the Breckenridge Brewery website. Uh, it'll tell you all the places you can find whatever beer it is that you want to try. You just check the box, throw in your uh, zip code, and then uh, set like a distance. And it just says like within 25 miles, here are all the places that you can get the Strawberry Sky. And it'll just be like 100 different places you can go. It's pretty cool. Also want to give a quick shout out to MSU Denver Online. If you guys are thinking about going back to school or going to school for the first time, then consider MSU Denver online. You know, I've heard some people are taking some unconventional routes, you know, um, specifically I, I know, or at least I've heard of a couple of people who would be freshmen at CU who decided, well, we'll still move to Boulder, but we're not going to pay for this whole thing because we're not going to get the same experience. And instead, they're going to take classes at some community college, which for some people makes a lot of sense. And I also know others um, who said like, yeah, it's tempting, but it's CU. I just want to be a CU guy. You know, and, and people have all sorts of different thoughts about all of those different things. And honestly, you really can't go wrong picking CU. But 
it's an unconventional time, which means you have to do, or at least consider some unconventional ideas, um, including just going to online school. And if schools do wind up being online only this fall, why not go to somewhere that has been specializing in this, the, the, the school that has been considered the top online university in the Rocky Mountain region? You know, it just makes sense. You might be able to save a couple bucks too. Um, and what's really nice is that for those of us who work full-time jobs and have social lives and things to do, they can build their schedule around your life. You know, you're told like what you need to do by when, and then it's up to you to pick the times. And the professors are flexible and they understand that a lot of people who do choose online school have other things going on in their life that they need to be focused on. That balance between school and, you know, everything besides school is something that MSU Denver Online gets right. And that's according to our own Ali Bonroy and Harrison Wind, who are taking classes at MSU Denver uh, through their online program and are loving it so far. Uh, again, you guys can check out more information if you go to msudenver.com slash online. Um, they have over 700 online courses. Uh, they have over 40 programs that will give you a degree. So at least take a look at what they can offer. Again, that's uh, msudenver.com slash online. All right, combo guys now. Um, and so these are the guys who aren't like on the edges. So basically not linemen, not the super speedy guys. So, uh, well, we can just read the list and you'll get the idea. Uh, number one speed among the combo players, Sam Neuer. Again, this is something we talked about last week. Um, he, he made that list there, this time at 20.7 miles per hour. Number two, Tyler Lytle at 20.4 miles per hour. Number three, Carson Wells at 20.2. Um, interesting to see that Neuer and Lytle finish that close together. Uh you know, when we talk about this quarterback competition with the two of them, but then also Brendan Lewis, we talk about Brendan Lewis as the speedy guy, the runner, and, you know, that is that is correct, by the way. But you forget, you know, Sam Neuer played some safety. He can probably move. Tyler Lytle um, can probably, I mean, he can run 20.4 miles per hour, so I guess he can move uh, enough. But you should remember, you know, Brendan Lewis as a dual threat, he isn't one of those Lamar Jackson types where he's just a burner. Like, he's just so much faster than everybody else on the field. He has the quick cuts. Like, you just can't touch him. That's not what Brendan Lewis is. Brendan Lewis, see, I don't want to call him like a power runner because he, he isn't necessarily like a power runner. Maybe for a quarterback he is, but he's not Tim Tebow or, or even Cam Newton. You know, he's more of just like a balanced runner. Um, he, he can do some things in space that you really like, but he can also get some tough yards and finish runs if it's a situation where he should be finishing runs. Um, he has some power to him. And so that's why him not showing up on this list when you do have, you know, a Sam Neuer who trained at safety, who, again, this is just your top speed. This is your peak. So if you're running for 30 yards and you have a big body like that, maybe you can get up to a top speed. And the same is true for a guy like Daniel Arias too, where, you know, Dimitri Stanley comes in number two. Uh, Jalen Jackson is a guy we think of as a speed guy coming in at number three with that tie that we talked about. 
maybe if you clock them in like their first like six seconds or not six seconds, their first like six yards or 10 yards, something like that, you would see the the numbers kind of shift in favor of the smaller, shiftier guys. Whereas, you know, the bigger guys, Daniel Arias, Sam Neuer, Tyler Lytle, they can get up to that top speed, maybe not quite as fast. So that's kind of what I'm thinking when I see those numbers and see not seeing Brendan Lewis. It's also true that we have next to no information about what where this comes from. You know, we we know that there's it's basically like a sports bra that they wear. Uh, I think who is it Chase Howell who asked that, and that's the first time I've heard about those be explained that way. But uh, we talked about them during Pac-12 Media Day when we found out that they were using them. Uh, I guess that was what. Today might be like the, I think today is the one year anniversary of Pac-12 Media Day last year. Um, wow, I didn't even think of that. First time meeting Nate and Mel and Visca, and uh, also first time hearing about these trackers that Mel bought. And it was one of those things that Mel had a lot of demands coming from a Power 5 school. They, they needed the technology. They needed to invest in all of these different things um, to be competitive so that they could show recruits that we have all this technology, that uh, CU is at like the front of college football in terms of just being a modern football program. And, you know, Rick George wasn't saying like, no, we can't do that. He was saying we do have limited amount of money, but however they made that money work they made that money work and this is one of the pieces that came down on the mel side of the line uh, where every player has these trackers that again have been called now similar to a sports bra but they track your heart rate they track uh i think maybe there's like some oxygen stuff in there too i can't remember um but also track your speed with like the gps or whatever and then the coaches get all the information at the end typically they give out the top speeds it seems like they don't just post everything else um but that's about all we know about where this list comes from like it could be that uh, Brendan Lewis wasn't wearing one, uh, which I guess would surprise me a little bit more if he is going through these voluntary activities, or maybe he just was never in a situation where he was running at top speed. And really that can be said about everybody who wasn't on this list. And even a guy like, you know, Carson Wells, who came in number three for the combo players, maybe he wasn't in the perfect situation and had that situation arose or if he had been thinking like oh i really do need to be sprinting in the moment that forever for whatever reason he is sprinting as hard as he can if he had been thinking like you know i do want to get this top speed up up like maybe that gives him a little boost instead of saying i only need to go fast enough to get over here whatever whatever but there are just so many questions that we can have and that's a caveat we usually throw in before we talk about all the top speeds but uh they're too exciting this week. So yeah, Brendan Lewis, not on there. I'm not all that worried about it. Um, I'm No, that's not even that. I am not worried about it at all, but it is just kind of fun to see Sam Neuer coming ahead of Tyler Lytle. And if we want to go with a deep conspiracy theory that's probably wrong, maybe that means he has a leg up in the quarterback competition. Who knows? And maybe uh, this is just a chance to give Carson Wells a nod and say, hey, doing some good work, putting him on our radar. Also probably not true. Um, but you never know. And that 20.2 miles per hour for Carson Wells would be big. You know, the thing for me with Carson Wells is that I think, I don't want to say like he has bad technique, but I do think that that might be what's kind of separating him from, I mean, I guess what he is now 
and what I think he has the pe- potential to be. You know, he he does have like a good build and he's a strong guy and he's obviously very fast. But when you're primarily a pass rusher, a lot of what you are required to do, you know, how do I explain this? You, it's kind of like where with a quarterback, everybody understands that there are certain mental aspects of the game that you have to have down. Like, it doesn't matter if you just have a, a big arm and you're super fast if you can't read a defense. Or if you can read a defense, but maybe you you can't anticipate runners on the move. Or, or maybe you can read a defense, but you can't figure out how to exploit the defense. Whatever it could be. Like, there are, there are some mental steps that need to be taken to play that position. At outside linebacker, especially the way the Buffs use theirs as a pass rusher, there's the physical aspect, which is, of course, very important, and Carson Wells checks those boxes. But there's also, like, the technical aspect. The the stuff where you see, and, and this is something we've talked about on the draft podcast, I think just last week, but you see guys at that position last a lot longer if they can just figure out the technique. Like, so much of it is kind of a chess match where you're using a move to get outside, using a move to get outside, then you have, like, a counter to it, and then you have a counter to the counter, and then you can try something totally new that he isn't expecting. And, you know, all of those sorts of things. You know, you think of DeMarcus Ware late in his career with the Broncos when he caught Joe Staley on the fake spin move because he'd already beaten him with the spin move or had used the spin move and was setting. You know, all of that kind of stuff goes into being a good pass rusher, that hand placement, learning different moves, learning... A whole bunch of that stuff. And that's true for a lot of positions. You know, cornerbacks need that good technique. Um, Quarterbacks, not just the mental side. That's why it's so hard is because you need everything. Like you need the footwork. You need to have the right throwing motion to get the ball out as quickly as you can because that split second makes a big difference. And at every position, technique is important. But I do think that as a pass rusher, it becomes just a little bit more important. And if he can take those steps technically, and I think that the current staff can do that for him with Brian Michalowski, I think is a great coach, especially in that aspect, that technique aspect. Um, of course, Chris Wilson is right there. Aziz Shitu is there as well. Those are some good voices to have in your ear, especially because they all have worked with some very good pass rushers. Um so yeah, it's uh, it's going to be fun to watch Carson Wells. He's another guy who I think you could see take a very large step this year. And we talked a lot about Terrence Lang last week, um, as we should and as he deserves. And to be honest, you could, I would even say he deserves it more than Carson does um, if, if we were to try to like build a pecking order. But having watched, I guess, a bunch of Rockies games in the last week now, you remember that people were not high on the Rockies. Everybody thought they were bad. They took like the big step backwards last year. And then now they're three and one, which is a great place to be, especially when you see like the Dodgers at three and two. That's basically how you compare things is how far are you from the Dodgers? That's how the NL West works. But, you know, even yesterday they had Antonio Sensatella out there, and he's struggled for, what, a year, year and a half, whatever it is now. But before that, people were really, really excited about him, and he, he was a very good young pitcher. I think that because he's been able to put 
together the performance that he had yesterday. And then you have a guy like Sam Hilliard, who kind of got things started yesterday. And then you have Rymel Tapia, who's starting to look like a real baseball player out there instead of just a guy who's really fast and has quick hands. You know, you're seeing throughout this lineup all these young guys take the steps that I think everybody hoped that they would take yesterday but for or last year, but for whatever reason, they didn't. And I think that you have on this Colorado Buffaloes football team a, a lot of guys who I would see that same way. You know, Carson Wells, a guy who I, th- I think it'd be fair to say he disappointed last year because he set the bar so high with how well he played the year before. He didn't build on that in, in the way that I think a lot of people had hoped. Um, he's still going to be a starter. It's not like it, things were bad by any means. It's just that he wasn't necessarily a plus Pac-12 player. He was good enough to play a position, but now coming back, I think that he has a chance to be that plus Pac-12 player. And who knows if it'll happen or not, but I do think he's in a very good position. You know, we talked about Terrence Lang last week. It's the same thing, but then you have other young guys, uh, Naeem Rodman, um, Austin Williams, guys who we haven't seen a whole lot of, but guys who could take an early step. Or you have guys who like... Uh, Akeel Jones or, you know, Darian Rakestraw, what what will he be this year? Or even guys we haven't seen all that much of, you know, uh, Jalen Stryker. Um, you have uh, Nigel Bethel, who was the transfer from Miami, who had to sit out last year because he transferred. There are a bunch of these guys where if they, like, there, there's, there's a group of guys who you look at and say, you could be good enough to fill a spot on this defense if things go well this year, and typically those are the younger guys. They're guys you look at and say, uh, hey, you were good enough to do that last year. You know, Akil Jones was good enough to be a, a starting inside linebacker last year. Can he now be a very good inside linebacker this year or a good inside linebacker, somebody who you get excited about having there instead of a guy who you're like, yeah, he's a good compliment to Nate. Can he be a guy who you say, oh, wow, this is a duo that is going to be scary? That's on the table for him, and and that's on the table for other guys too. Terrence Lang, um, Carson Wells, where this conversation started, um, but then also Darian Rakestraw, who I think was was a step past, you know, if you want to call it like a replacement level player. What does he turn into in his senior year? Can he take another step? And, and I think that's where all the optimism for this Buffs team has to lie is that. There are so many guys who you could see taking a step this year. And even guys like Mustafa Johnson. Will he have 10 sacks this season? 11 sacks this season? 12 sacks? It would be a bit of a surprise, but we know he's talented. We know that he was hurt last year and still was very productive. Maybe it is a possibility. Maybe it will happen. Um, and, and that is where everything, all the hopes for CU lies, in my opinion, is just these guys. Can you get of what, do we say seven, eight names there? Is it two of those guys who make that step, which would probably mean uh, maybe four wins, five wins? Oh, except there's no non-conference games, so subtract two off of that. Um, Or is it five of those seven? In which case you're saying, ah, in a normal year, this would be a bowl team, but who knows how bowls are going to work this year. I don't know. I'm excited. Uh, I'm excited. Uh, moving on though, that's a Carson Wells. We'll gotta get into these linemen. Number one, Terrence Lang, uh, the guy we spent a lot of time talking about last week at 19.1 miles per hour. Number two, Will Sherman at 18.1 miles per hour. Number three, Frank Phillip, 17.7 miles per hour. Um, yeah, 
then there it is. I, I don't really have too much else to add right there other than, you know, Terrence Lang, Will Sherman, uh, both have proven to be good players. Uh, Will Sherman, maybe he'll step above that. Um, and both have potential to take leaps this year. Frank Phillip, we haven't seen a whole lot of, I believe what, maybe after last spring ball, like 2019 spring camp, uh, the uh, Frank Phillip, I believe was listed starting right tackle, but then uh, Arlington Hambright came in as a grad transfer and took the left tackle job, pushing Will Sherman to right tackle, pushing Frank Phillip to the bench. Um, so that's at least how I remember that going if i studied that correctly but yeah um frank phillip if we're going by the conspiracy theory he is the starting right tackle so i don't know always fun to see those times um always fun i think that that will probably do it for today's show um Appreciate you all for listening as always. Uh, I'll, I'll probably be back tonight with another show after we talk to Nate and KD. Uh, if it's not out tonight, it'll be out tomorrow morning sometime. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, first time we've heard from KD since uh, the protest that he or or helped organize. And uh, first time we've heard from Nate, I want to say since the season ended. So it'll be good to catch up with those two. Um, maybe, could we say likely captains for CU this year? I think that that'd be fair. Um, yeah, so be on the lookout for that. If you have any questions or comments or anything like that, feel free to drop them in the comment section of the post for today's show, and we'll get to those. Uh, I said I was going to get to those today. It didn't happen. Uh, it will happen here soon. It's See, the thing is, I just forget to uh, check that. But yeah, okay. That is on the way. The next podcast is on the way. Appreciate you all. Um, before we get out of here, I do want to tell you about the Colorado Raptors. So, as you may have heard me mention before, there are a lot of big things happening in the Colorado rugby space, and we are now free to spill the details. DNVR is now covering all things rugby in Colorado and the United States. Reporter Colton Strickler is keeping you up to date on all things American rugby with the DNVR Rugby Podcast, and you can find his written rugby content right now on our site, right next to the rest of our coverage. It was just announced that Infinity Park in Glendale will be the new official training center for the men's and women's USA Eagles 15s teams. That means that Colorado is the place to be for rugby in the United States. Make sure you are keeping up to speed with us and with Colton on the DNVR Rugby Podcast. Support the sport of rugby by following along with the latest news on Twitter at DNVR Rugby. Download the DNVR Rugby Podcast. Our guy Colton is doing basic 101 pods to break down the game for you, and they are incredible. Colton also brings you exclusive one-on-one -on -one interviews with some of the biggest names in American rugby. Remember, supporting our partners is supporting us, so download the DNVR Rugby podcast and follow along at DNVR Rugby on Twitter. All right, I'll see you guys later tonight. Shit, 180, 80. speed and pad, come
change it later, baby. Colorado Army, we soldiers like the Navy. And voters where we stationed, patiently awaiting. When I hit the field, it's so hard to behave. I'm Colorado swagging as the crowd do the wave. Look into my eyes, I can tell that you afraid. Cause you know we finna hit ya. Hit ya, hit ya, hit ya. You on your own now, why you watching the official? You just better hope you make it to the next whistle. Colorado swag, my Colorado swag, my Colorado swag, man, I swear I think they like my Colorado swag.